Well, this morning uh, we have uh, some other special guests with us today. I wanted to introduce them. It's Jay and Vicki Dangers and their daughter, Julia. Julia's over there. You can just stand up, Julia. Awesome. It's good to have her and Jay and Vicki are down here. Uh, Jay's going to be sharing with us. Thank you, Julia. Uh, Jay's going to be sharing with us about their ministry. We've been con connected with you all for a long time, right? Do you know how many years? I just put you on the spot like we're married, Jay. How many years have we been married? No, uh, we, it's been a great long time, and uh, we really feel like our hearts are knit together uh, as they do work in Uganda, and we do work here in Tehachapi, and we partner together. And so uh, we're going to watch a, a short uh, PowerPoint presentation with some stories about uh, some of the people they got to minister to in Uganda, and then Jay's going to come and share for the rest of our time. Sechewa Frank. Frank was born to an unwed schoolgirl and was raised in the slums of Kampala by his grandmother, who struggled to keep him in school. A witch doctor stepped in to help pay his school fees when Frank's grandmother failed to do so. Frank never knew his father, who died of HIV AIDS when Frank was nine years old. At the funeral, Frank found out he had 16 half-siblings from many different mothers. After his father's death, Frank was taken in by an uncle who worked at New Hope, Uganda. At New Hope, he was put into Samuel family and joined Primary 7. A year later, Frank met his Heavenly Father, whom he had consistently heard about since his first moments at Kasana. Not as one in a crowd, but personally, he became my father, Frank recalls. From that moment, my life never remained the same. Frank is now an ophthalmic assistant, registered nurse at Chuoko. He leads the hospital's outreach programs, is a leader in his local church, mentors many young people, and is known far and wide for his passionate and contagious love for Christ. Nantongo Immaculate. Ime lost her mother when she was two years old, and then her father when she was seven years old. She lived with an older cousin until she was brought to New Hope at the age of ten. Ime gave her life to Jesus four years later, and I've never regretted it, she says with a smile. Ime finished high school and through New Hope sponsorship went on to complete a bachelor's degree in tourism. She served on staff with New Hope's investment year program in Kampala during her university years and now holds a job at Pinnacle Africa Safari's tour company. Recently she wrote, I owe it all to God and to New Hope Uganda who have been and are a family to me. Kakande. Kakande was abandoned by his family because of his special needs and lived the life of a vagabond for many years. Though presumed to be in his 40s, because of his special needs, Kakande was later brought into the Kasana Children's Center and has been so loved by the Kasana family. Now, healthy, happy, and full of life, Kakande knows Jesus. He is also the big brother for Treasures in Jars of Clay, Kasana's special needs program. He helps herd cows, carries water, pushes children in their wheelchairs to and from events, helps man the main gate, and more. Kakande also loves to sing and dance and worship. The whole village around Kasana is amazed at the change in Kakande, and it is known and even proclaimed by community members who don't know Jesus that he is who he is now because of Jesus. Katongole Wilson 
Katongole was one of Kasana's first ten children, who came in 1988. His mother had died, and his father had abandoned his five children. Katongole grew up at Kasana and was known for his amazing smile, his sense of humor, and his excellent drumming skills. In his late teens, Katongole walked away from the Lord and distanced himself from the Kasana family. He lived a reckless life for many years, which eventually led to his death. However, on his deathbed at Chuoko Hospital, Katongole accepted the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ, was restored in relationship with his Kasana parents, and declared his faith in God his Father. Though they took long to germinate, the seeds of truth that were planted in his heart while he was at Kasana did bear fruit. We will see our son again one day in heaven. Stella Nakabuye Bizumungu. Stella was orphaned at a young age and cared for by an impoverished grandmother until she was brought into David family in 1996 as a very little girl. There she received the love of a mother and father, came to know the love of Jesus, received an education, and was raised to be a godly woman. Today, Stella is a very happily married wife, a successful nurse, a loving mother of her own daughter, filled with hope in Jesus for her future. Good morning. It's really very, very good to be with you. I'm not saying that just because it would be a politically correct thing to say in this kind of situation, but because it's true. Um, we really love this church, even though we are not here very often, but the way you all receive us uh, is, is really a blessing to us. And you have been partners with us in this ministry for, uh, for I think it's about 18 years now. It's been a long time. And I, we're really glad to be able to share uh, those stories with you because that is some of the fruit of the partnership that uh, we have had with you. And I hope you'll just rejoice in those stories. There are many more stories. I wish we had 100% uh, success rate. We don't. We're not even close to 100%. But over the years, hundreds of children have grown up and become uh, godly men and women, husbands, wives, fathers, mothers, uh, productive in their community. And it's because of the, the partnership that we've had with you. So we're very, very grateful for that. We've been traveling around now for a couple weeks. And uh, one of the things that I like about traveling around is that it give, gives us opportunity to meet with uh, and interact with different parts of the body of Christ. And, you know, I know there's a lot of bad news out there, and I know that, uh, that everybody's concerned about this election and confused how in the world do you vote in a situation like this and what will become of America, etc. But I want to say that I am very, very proud of the body of Jesus Christ. Everywhere I go, uh, I see and hear things that excite me about the body of Jesus Christ. And again this morning, I was thinking uh, about that, uh, talking to Pastor Kevin just briefly, hearing some of the things that this church is involved in, um, 
and uh, reading your bulletin, seeing some of the some other things that you're involved with, the people you support, and so on. The body of Jesus Christ has its faults and its flaws, and we have been very disappointed in members of the body of Jesus Christ over the years, but I, I just want to encourage you as a body that Jesus is at work in his church, and his church is doing many wonderful and exciting things around the world. Uh, lives are being transformed uh, in, in so many, many places. Uh, we will be sharing, of course, um, this morning about what God is doing uh, with New Hope Uganda, in Uganda. Uh, but it isn't, it isn't in any way uh, exclusive to us. God's, uh, God is at work around the world, and there are many, many things to be excited about. Uh, so I, I hope you don't get overwhelmed by all the bad news that's on the television. Satan, uh, I really believe, is behind a lot of that news because he wants to discourage God's people. A discouraged army is not a successful army. But I want to encourage you today not just by the stories and all that uh, we have, but to, to look around the world and see what God is doing. And uh, you have the, the Bartz, uh, Adrian. Adrian Bartz is here. The things that they're doing. And then next week you're going to hear from another missionary. God is doing exciting and wonderful things. Don't let the enemy discourage you. Press on and uh, enjoy the ride. Um, our calling in Uganda is to bring the fatherhood of God to the fatherless. And that comes from the verse in Psalm 68, verses 5 and 6, that says, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. So I went to Uganda with my wife and our three small children. We have six now, uh, but at that time we had three. Julia is number six. Um, but we had three at that time. That was in 1986. The war had ended in uh, January of that year, and we arrived in September and it was it was a very very difficult beginning the country was still it looked like a war zone uh, the roads were horrible buildings were uh, a mess there was no telephone system worth mentioning etc uh, it was it was a disaster and when we arrived at about 9:30 at night after a long long day of travel on horrible roads, uh, we found out that our our uh, hotel room had been given away because they thought we weren't coming. So we did manage to find another place, and then the next morning I woke up very, very sick uh, in a lot of pain. And uh, at night we would hear gunshots every night, uh, sometimes fairly close, and I just lay there and 
bed feeling miserable and saying, Jay, what in the world have you done with your family? But God was with us and, and has little by little built and blessed the ministry. Uh, one of our favorite verses is the one that says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. So I don't know where you are in your uh, journey at this point, but don't despise the day of small beginnings. They're good for us. They're not what, you know, we always like the big glamorous stuff, but don't despise the day of small beginnings. They're good for us. So gradually over the years, God has brought people from a variety of different directions, different countries to be a part of this ministry, and it has just continued to grow. Uh, we now are caring for over 600 children, and that's ages from brand new babies to university students and everything in between. And uh, we have about 150 staff members. Most of those are Ugandans. Uh, we have about 25 foreign staff, and the rest are, are Ugandans. We have uh, three major sites. The first one is Kasana Children's Center, which is where my family and I live. And at Kasana Children's Center, uh, as I said earlier, our call is to bring the fatherhood of God to the fatherless, and God sets the lonely in families, so that's what we have been doing. We, we have created families with uh, Ugandan parents as the parents in the family, and then we bring children and create a family. And each family has its own home. Uh, we don't have dormitories because God doesn't set the lonely in dormitories. He sets them in families. So each of these families has their own home and about four or five acres around the home where they uh, raise most of their own food. We introduced ox plowing into the area and uh, so th we have our children uh, learning to to use oxen and it's very interesting sometimes the oxen some of their backs are this high and you get a little boy this tall uh, with the plow behind them and it it looks like there's no no one manning this ox he's on his own but there is a boy behind there somewhere yeah, they, they plow in pairs, so it's easy to lose the boy behind two ox like that. Um, it's interesting what God has put into mankind because, you know, these days we're hearing all kinds of things about what a man is, what a woman is, and interchangeability or whatever you want to call it. But God has put certain things very, very deeply into us. And even in a corrupt society that goes against the things that God has put in us, they are still there and they still bear fruit. And one of the things that God has put deeply into mankind is the desire and need for family. And so even though these are what you might call um, artificial families, they are still real families. And the children come to really 
understand the concept of family by living it in these families. And then they grow up and become, uh, often become uh, fathers, mothers, and parents. Uh, I, I don't know if it's possible for you to show again the last, uh, we don't have to play it, but the last picture of Stella Nakabuye Bizimungu. The reason I want you to see her is because of of uh, her story and actually her husband's story. Uh, just to give you an example of of uh, what God has been doing, you can't see it very well. Uh, if you could go to one of the, is there a picture with the whole? Or all three, the husband also. Pardon, just at the wedding. Okay. All right. Well, that doesn't. Anyway, um, the children come to us from a variety of different broken situations. When we first came into the country, as I said, we were coming. The country was coming out of a war zone, and or out of a war, a five-year war in which they say over 500,000 people died and more than 2,000, uh, excuse me, 2 million children were, uh, were orphaned. Uh, but then gradually, uh, you know, those children grow up. That was in 1986, so uh, those children are all adults now, well into their adulthood. But these days, the children that we are getting come primarily because of AIDS. The AIDS epidemic has produced uh, m millions of, of orphans, uh, but there are other things as well. The, uh, the whole family structure has broken down. It was not good in the first place because it was not built on a biblical understanding of family. And uh, so there's great brokenness within the family great brokenness within the culture and therefore you get badly broken children. Uh, just to give you some uh, illustration of, of the brokenness and how that works. Um, the, the family structure is, is just a traditional family structure and the um, they they say there's uh, the name for or the word for wife in Luganda is muchara. Now the word okuchara is that's the the uh, I, I'm forgetting my my grammar right now. Anyway, um, it it means of to visit, and if you put a mu on front of a verb then that means the person who does this. So if the verb is to visit, and then you put a mu in front of it, it's, it's a visitor. And that is the name or the word for wife, muchara, the visitor. She's here today, and if you are tired of her, then tomorrow she's gone and someone else is in her place. And so you can imagine what that does to, to families and to, uh, to the women. They, 
I have been, ever since we arrived in Uganda, I've been amazed at how little bonding there was between mothers and their children. This is why. Because she knows that the children belong to her husband. They do not belong to her. She produces children for his family. And if he, any day that he's tired of her, she's down the road and without her children. So she doesn't bond with them. And uh, it's, it's just a tragic thing to see. But there's so much brokenness in the children because of this kind of, of situation. And um, so th there's also uh, a lot of spiritism and witchcraft that are mixed into all of this. So it, it really damages the culture, it damages family, it damages children, it damages mothers and fathers. Bizumungu came out of that kind of a situation. His father had sent his mother away because he said she only produces sickly children. And Bizumungu was sickly. And so Bizimungu's father took Bizimungu to the local hospital that's just a few uh, couple miles from where we live, from Kasana Children's Center. And he, he tried to get some help for Bizimungu there. Things weren't working out, so he abandoned uh, Bizimungu there, just left. And uh, Bizimungu has a skin problem that has still not been adequately diagnosed to this day, but um, he had wounds that just came. It, it was not from any accident or anything, just wounds that came all over his body, but especially on his legs. So when we first saw him, he had bandages all over his body. Uh, eventually, the, the wounds in his upper body uh, healed, and those are, that's all fine now and has been for, for many years. But um, because of his abandonment, he came to live with us. And he actually lived in our house for a number of years as a son to us. And there was a, a period of time when he had no skin from his upper leg to his ankles. It was just horrible, pussy sores. And every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I would take him to the doctor, and the doctor would uh, clean his wounds and straighten his legs. Because of the pain, he kept pulling his legs up, and he got contractures, so he couldn't straighten his legs. They were locked like this. When he was under anesthesia, the doctor would straighten his legs most of the way, but then the next day, he was like this again. So he would go around our house scooting on his buttocks because he couldn't walk. Uh, he was about 10 or 12, no, 13 years old at that time. And things were just getting worse. And um, one day we, we had a prayer meeting in our house specifically for Bizimungu. And 
a man named Jones Bakimi. He's a Ugandan, a guy who's been with us. He and his wife have been with us from the beginning. A great man of God. I would love to have you meet him someday. But anyway, he, um, he was one of those in the prayer meeting. And Bizimungu was sitting on a couch in our living room with his legs drawn up like this. He was sitting sideways on the couch. And Jones came and knelt beside him and began to talk to him about forgiving his father for, for having rejected him. Uh, and his father said, you know, he, he's sickly. I don't produce sickly children and just walked away. So as Bizumungu was sitting there and Jones was talking to him, working uh, with him to bring him to the place where he could speak forgiveness to his father for the rejection. And he actually spoke forgiveness. Jones said, speak to me as if I'm your father. And he did with tears running down his face. And you know we're all sitting around watching this happen. And as Bizimungu is speaking forgiveness to his father, his legs started straightening. He did not know what was happening. He was completely focused on dealing with issues with his father as he spoke to Jones. And by the time he was done, his legs were in about this position, from here down to this. And he didn't know anything about it. The next day, he climbed onto one of our children's little bicycles and started pushing himself around. That's the first time he'd been mobile other than scooting on his buttocks for ages, months. And within a few days, he was walking upright and he, the skin was growing back on his legs at an incredible rate of speed. This was, this was as a result of, of forgiveness. And don't ask me how it works, I have no idea. But uh, it did. Uh, God loves relationship. God wants us to forgive and to be reconciled. Now, eventually, Bizimungu, Jones worked it out that Bizimungu would uh, spend time with his father and they were reconciled. And in fact, uh, a few years later when Bizimungu's father died, he found out that he, Bizimungu, was the heir of, of about uh, a thousand acres and um, a couple hundred head of cattle and some other things that he inherited from his father. So uh, just an exciting story. And then Bizimungu grew up uh, and married Stella. And they are, they are happily married. And remember, this is, this is a young man and a young woman who had grown up without their biological family, but had learned what family is. And um, they love each other. They are happily married. And it's exciting to see 
uh, the breaking of a cycle of, of fatherlessness. Because what normally happens is that fatherless people produce fatherless children. That's the normal thing. But when you can break that cycle, like was broken with Bizimungu and Stella, and they become healthy, and their, their daughter is growing up in a very loving, <laughs> caring home. It's, it's a fantastic thing to watch. Um, we have other sites. Uh, we have a site over in the eastern part of the country where we care for children that, uh, well, originally it was for the rescued children. Uh, some of you would have heard of Konyi the rebel, who the demoniac who was slaughtering people uh, in his own village home, I mean his, his tribal home, uh, and abducting children and uh, brutalizing them, terrorizing them out of their minds, literally out of their minds, and turning them into killing machines. That's how he created his army. Well, uh, some of those children were rescued. And actually, this is another uh, example of the beauty of the body of Christ. Because the military, for years, had tried to deal with Konyi. And they could never deal with him. His army just continued to get bigger. And he controlled more and more area of the country. But when the body of Jesus Christ, the church, got serious about dealing with their own bitter, tribal bitternesses and began to forgive each other for what uh, the atrocities that different tribes had committed against them and to, to ask for, for forgiveness and to be reconciled and to pray suddenly Konyi began to say, I can't contact my gods anymore. And so the demonic power that had enabled him to successfully fight against the army was gone. And in uh, very suddenly, the army began winning most every battle they had with him. And so he's been out of the country for a number of years, and uh, many, many people were rescued. But, you know, when these children come back to their homes, Kevin, what time am I supposed to end? Uh, that could be late. <laughs> okay. Um, when, well, uh, the children would come back, but they're broken. They, are, they have been turned into killing machines, and so they didn't fit back into their families or their communities. So we set up a center specifically for them, and it's been exciting to see how God has, has delivered them from the, the memories, from the nightmares, from the trauma that they went through. And in fact, now one of our uh, sons that w came out of that uh, is being prepared to go and to minister to to other rescued people. I'll call them people now because they're not children anymore. They were, but uh, that war ended 
in 2004, and so uh, those are also mostly grown-ups now. But he's being prepared to go and minister specifically to them. Um, God has enabled us to work for the transformation of churches in our area. What happens is that uh, somebody will come in and hold a crusade and uh, you know, a number of people come to the Lord and uh, there's a young man who knows how to read and so who came forward just at that crusade. So he's the pastor of the new church. So you can imagine the theology that gets preached on, on Sundays. And uh, the, the church, many churches are extremely unhealthy. And you can't really blame the pastors. They're doing the best they know how to do with, with no training. So we have a pastor's tra pastoral training institute to work with them because we believe that the body of Jesus Christ is the, the best way of caring for orphans. And yes, it's good for organizations like us to come in and do it, but if we can raise up the body, the local body, to do it, then then we have great success. So uh, we, we have a three-year training program for the pastors. Uh, they come for, one, for five days uh, a month so they can continue working in their churches, continue with their families, their gardens, etc., cetera, uh, and be prepared to be uh, successful pastors, truly teaching the word of God instead of just, uh, you know, rightly dividing the word, not just dividing the word. And um, oh, there's so much I would love to share with you, but I, I want to ask a question. Why are we here? And I'm not saying here as in uh, this room at this moment. I mean, why are you walking the face of the earth? What is your purpose for being here? Now, I think many would very quickly say things like, well, people like Pastor Kevin are here to preach the gospel and to lead the church. And um, some might say we're here to, to witness to the unbelievers, to care for the needy, and things like that. Those are all secondary reasons because I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings but God doesn't need you and he doesn't need me I've been working since 1986 to bring the fatherhood of God to the fatherless in Uganda God doesn't need me to do that if he really wanted to just if it was all about efficiency getting the job done he would have found a way to do it directly and without me in the way, slowing the process down. So I'm not here primarily to bring the fatherhood of God to the fatherless. I am called to do that, and every one of you is called to do something, but that's not why you're here, because God doesn't need you. Did I hurt anybody's feelings? I've hurt people's feelings saying that before. 
but it's true, people. God doesn't need us. He has chosen us, but it's because of what he is wanting to do in us for eternity. If you look carefully at Genesis chapter 1, verses, uh, verse 26, and if you compare that to how God created all of the rest of creation, he, you know, with all of that, he said, let there be, and there was, and it was good. Let there be, and there was, and it was good. Let the earth bring forth, and it did, and it was good. Right? Sort of like a, uh, an assembly line or a conveyor belt. Just very quick. But then in verse 26, he says, let us make man in our own image. Now, what does the word us mean? Or what does it convey? It conveys a relationship. That's very significant. We came out of a relationship, the relationship within the Godhead. We came out of, the, of a relationship for relationship. That is why we are here. And it is through relationship that we bring glory to God. Now, did you, did you all hear that? You are here for relationship. That is your purpose. Not to do the things you do. You do the things you do, it should come out of the relationship. But it's important for us to, to get a hold of this truth, that we are here for relationship. First of all, of course, with God. But then also with each other. And th this is something that I, I keep hammering our staff with in Uganda. We are, we are here for relationship. The most important thing about me is what I think about God. That it's my relationship with God. The most important thing about you is your relationship uh, with God. How is your relationship doing? Are you investing in that relationship? That's why you're here. Remember, God doesn't need you. God is working things in you for eternity. Do angels understand grace? Do angels understand grace? The answer is yes and no. I'm sure that every good angel could give you a very good explanation of the word grace. But have they ever experienced it? No. But you have. See, there are, there are dimensions of our relationship, our eternal relationship with God, eternal relationship with God, that are being formed here and now by our experiences. And so it, it, I hesitate to say it sometimes because it sounds self-centered, but to a very real extent, 
my involvement, my bringing the fatherhood of God to the fatherless is about me and my relationship with God. Do you understand? So you and whatever God has called you to do or to experience in this life is about you and him. Now, uh, Kevin would rightly say that his pastoring of this church is for the purpose of his relationship with God and what God is going to do in his life through the good and the hard times of pastoring. That's what God has him here for since God doesn't need him to pastor this church. But God has him pastoring his, this church to learn more about him and to develop that relationship. I just want to leave that with you because um, it's, it's not all about orphans. It's not all about ministry. Those are good. Those are important things to be involved with. But let's, as the body of Jesus Christ, be growing daily in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And let's see the things that come into our lives. I, I think the church is going to go through some testing times uh, over the next who knows how many years. It's, it's all good. It's for our relationship with Him, our eternal relationship with Him. Let's shine brightly wherever God has us as we press into him as we grow in him as we allow the hardships the, the many different kinds of hardships that we have uh, through, through ministry, through work, through family struggles, through uh, political chaos whatever the case may be let's let all of these things be driving us deeper into our relationship with our Heavenly Father because that's why we're here, so that we know Him better. We, we have new dimensions of knowing. Like, um, like the story of Bizimungu. We know God as a healer because of what we have seen and experienced. Right? It's one thing to just hear about healing. It's another to experience it. That's what God wants for all of us. To grow in Him. To love Him more. Because that is why we exist. Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for this church and for each one here. Father, I pray that that each one will be encouraged by our time together this morning, hearing what you are doing in Uganda, hearing what you've done for people like Bizimungu, and encouraged, Father, to press into you and to not just look at the doing, but to look at the relational growth in the process. Father, bless each one. Bless their marriages, their families, 
their parenting, their finances, their health, and may they see you in all that you bring into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.